if controversy is your thing, then this episode of 115 Miles is just for you. We start off with three unpopular opinions each or opinions that are deemed to be popular that we don't believe to be true. And this takes us off down a dark and often scary rabbit hole. After this, we jump into our usual topic of conversation for the week. And this week, it is the editing of the re-releases of some of the Raoul Dahl books. Now, this conversation gets uncomfortable at times and we find ourselves pulling it apart in such a way, I'm not even sure we find the answers. But listening to this podcast will definitely make you look at it in a new way and question even your own opinion. If you haven't done so already, come and join us at 115 Miles Pod on Instagram. And one of the best ways to support this podcast is to leave us a review if you listen on Apple Podcasts. We really hope you enjoy this episode. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. We hope you're sitting comfortably because this is about to get uncomfortable. Hass, you look you look like somebody whose kids went away for half term, mate. What do you mean? Relaxed, <laughs> relaxed, chilled, yeah. fresh, young. Yeah. Why? Don't I always look young? <laughs> no. I think I do. <laughs> I think I do. On. Yeah. Just putting artificial elements into <laughs> denote youth. Do you know, I've just had the realisation that I didn't check my hair before we sat down to Let's record. Have a look. That's all right, mate. It's the sticky outfits yeah. that I can't handle. You look perfect for radio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How was your half term, mate? It was really good. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, no. Um, I was home alone with the dog. Oh, I haven't talked about the dog for oh, maybe a, about a year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me and the dog uh, had a lot of work to do, but it was nice and chill. It was good. But your wife and kids went away, right? Your wife and kids went away. Partner, that's, yeah. That's what I'm... I have a maiden, uh, honest woman of... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to get into that partner. now, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Let's move on. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, they were away. So my oldest uh, went on a school skiing trip. So that she's the first one in the family to ever go skiing, and she nailed it. Yeah. Did she enjoy it? She loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It. Have you ever thought about going skiing? Yeah, we sort of talked about it and yeah. we never quite picked it up when we were, me and Erin were younger, pre-kids. And then it's not sort of something we prioritise, but I think um, the kids will probably do it through the school as well. So, yeah, we might just have to take the plunge. Yeah, man. It's something that we always talk about, but it never, it's never close to reality. If you know a, what I mean? If, I think if, if you've done it as a family when the kids are young, it almost becomes like a, something that you do and you look forward to. But yeah. it's quite a big undertaking to buy all the gear to be novices and do it all but just got to take the plan sometimes yeah and get outside your comfort zone into your fear zone and move into the growth zone and then (laughs) 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 sorry i was just getting coachy there (laughs) no but yeah i think it's like getting out of the comfort zone yeah but it's like you know what the reason why it never comes close to being done for me is because i like the sun too much and if i'm going to start out laying a lot of money i'd rather it be to go somewhere hot than somewhere it's fucking cold enough here. Yeah. But we don't get the snow, right? Or the skiing or the hot chocolate or the... <laughs> you get hot chocolate. You get sun yeah. out there as well sometimes. It's just cold sun. Yeah. Not hot sun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Do you remember when you asked me, does the sea freeze? 
in Brighton. <laughs> just had to remember that moment. Well, that's not a bad question, is it? It is. Does it freeze? No. No, you can, in really cold places. Well, what's a fucking iceberg then? We were talking about Brighton. Don't try and talk about the <laughs> Antarctic. Do you get like frozen bits on the, it's Pebble Beach, Brighton, isn't it? Yeah. When it's freezing, yeah. does the wet pebbles get icy? Genuine question. Does do, does it ice over? Yeah. And become a sort of a health hazard? Yeah. I'd say so. <laughs> I probably don't go down as far as the watery bit. How many people on the beachfront at Brighton now, every morning, are down there cold water swimming? Loads, man. Is it fucking like it's, packed? Yeah. I was there when I was with the dog. <laughs> we went for a, a sunrise walk. God, I sound like a really sad old man, don't I? But we went yeah. for a sunrise walk. And uh, like, I'm saying it like we both decided we co-opted it. <laughs> hey, should we go for a sunrise walk? Yeah. The, the dog, dog was like, oh, this fucking old man wants to take me on a sunrise <laughs> anyway, walk. Anyway, um, and I was just, I was flabbergasted how many people were down uh, there. Give me a number, rough number. Are we talking hundreds of people? Mm, no. Like, but a lot, tens of people down there. Yeah, yeah. Groups like going in, swimming, watching the sunrise. Yeah. And I probably imagine there's more at the weekends or whatever. Yeah, man. And you've never thought about going down there and getting in there? I thought about it. Oh, what, have you? Yeah, but I, I, I'm not ready to do it. No, nah, you wouldn't get in there at all. I might do in the future. I'm building myself up to it. Mate, I'm coming down there in three weeks. 115 miles Instagram content, live stories. Is you coming in there and getting in the water with me? No. <laughs> I'll, I'll film you for your fans, though. That's what you want. <laughs> No, if you're Josh not, and Budgie smugglers. You're not coming if you don't get in the water. All right, then. What time sunrise? It was like 7.15. Ah, shit. So I'd have to get there proper early if I want yeah. to do it sunrise. Yeah. All right, sweet. Anyway, don't ask me about my half-term house. How's we'll your half-term, no, We'll do that in the check-in. I want to go to I want to go to the first little session that we're going to do today. Yeah. So I've obviously pre-warned you about this. So I, I, I want to do unpopular opinions, right? Or truths that we believe the opposite okay can you explain that better than me uh i have gone with popular opinions that i disagree with or unpopular uh, uh, uh opinions that i disagree with okay so yeah you're probably slightly different to me oh, okay and i've gone i've gone for three unpopular opinions of my own Okay, so this yeah. will be an interesting segment. Well, it will be, yeah. No, yeah. I think it will be. And what I'm going to say is, I tried to find funny ones and I haven't. I've gone f deep and horrible oh, well, I'm, and uncomfortable. I don't know where I'm going to go with this. All right, so shall we do, shall we do one each? Okay. So you go first. Uh, I still like dancing to cancelled people. Oh, what like who? R. Kelly. Not him. <laughs> Not him. <laughs> but I, I still like a good Michael Jackson tune. Is he cancelled though? That's the thing. Like it's such a weird, weird conversation around him. Yeah. Because he's not. He. It's, yeah. Uh, like, there's lots of people who would like do a lot of cancelling. Yeah. Who haven't cancelled Michael Jackson? Because he makes great records. Do you reckon that's why? No, I don't know. Uh, well, Shout out to Paris, who follows me, by the way. Oh, what, Paris Jackson? Yeah. 
Oh, brilliant. On Instagram. I love the way you went to the camera. Like, <laughs> he's watching you. So I screen. think he's a great guy, Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is looking to camera. Smouldering at Paris. Uh, yeah, I mean, look. Come on, give me some other cancelled people that you don't Kanye do. West. He's not cancelled either. He's a bit cancelled. Is he? With the lefties. Yeah. Do you think the lefties, the, the hard lefties, if we're going to call them that, do you think they've cancelled Michael Jackson? Uh, I don't know if it's the lefties, but there's a lot of people that have basically cancelled Michael Jackson. It's definitely a bit taboo. Yeah, it's a, it's a fucking strange conversation, that one. Yeah, them, right? yeah. Because if, because if it was anyone else other than Michael Jackson... Yeah, like Gary Glitter. Yeah, right? But who, by the way... Is obviously like very clearly proven to have done a lot different things, yeah. you know, like extreme things to Michael Jackson. However, if Michael Jackson was a different person and was doing the things that he was doing, yeah, he'd be completely cancelled. But there's this weird thing where people seem to. Um, oh, sorry, going down this tangent. Don't stop me. I'm not um, stopping you. There's this weird thing with Michael Jackson where people seem to be able to see why he's like he is. So a lot of people will say. Oh, I know he has kids in his bed and all that, yeah. but like he had a really difficult tough, life and his child, dad had tough childhood. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's probably true. Yeah, of all paedophiles, not calling him a paedophile, but do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Did you see Gary Glitter's just? This been was supposed out to be a kind of a funny one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Gary Glitter's just been out of prison? I thought he was dead. Eight years. He done. Gary Glitter. I thought he was dead. No, mate. Just been let out of prison for good behaviour. Half a sentence. He got 16 years. Well, of course, years. There's, of course it's going to be good behaviour. There's no kids in prison. <laughs> exactly. Right. But he, the, truth, uh, trigger warning and all that. But he got done for, uh, I ain't even going to say it, but the things that he done with a 10-year-old, mm. he got 16 years in prison and served eight for good behaviour and has just been released. Do you think that was because he was famous? No. He just, what, behaved himself? I think anybody, I think most people if they got put in prison for what he did, would get out after eight years on good behaviour. Oh, yeah. That's mental, by the way. Yeah. That's mental. And I'd find it very difficult to kick back against any kind of punishment for him. To kick back against? What do you mean? As in, as in, so, like, as in he should have done the full term? Full, yeah. Or if somebody, if somebody comes to me, right? So this, uh, let's go down this road a minute. Sure. If somebody said to me, um, do you believe in the death penalty? Right? My 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 go-to answer would be, nah, man, I don't. Like my, my kind of like general overall answer would be like, nah, I didn't. But if somebody said to me, they've decided uh, that Gary Glitter is gonna get the death penalty, because he's like a repeat offender, by the way. He's not just gone to prison. This is not the first time. He keeps doing it, doesn't he? Every time he, they let him back out and then he does it again. Um, I thought he was dead after that. Nah. Okay. If, Somebody said to me they've given him the death penalty. I I would I don't think I'd kick back against it. The death penalty is a really interesting one to go into, and I don't know if I, I don't know if we go into it today. But um, it's like how how do you determine what re repeat? Like, is it the repeat offending, or is it what he's done? Yeah. Right. So is it that oh he's done it again and again and again? Well, there are lots of repeat offenders, right? Who do other things? Uh, would you would you give the death penalty to somebody who does repeat GBH, for example? Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's, that's why, why really my go to. Tricky, that's yeah. why my go to stock answer yeah. is I'm against it. And maybe we could do a podcast on it because I think it would be. A really but maybe it should be something like a, a like a two. I, I, I hate to be crass about it, but a three strikes rule, right? Which is like if you like, 
I, I don't think this is a good policy that they have in the States because I think it is completely tinged with racism. But they basically did a three strikes rule that then sent people, uh, sent kids, usually young black men, to prison because they had like um, weed on them free time. They were caught with weed on them. Yeah. And that was a very, very specific racist policy. And there's a lot of uh, evidence and story behind that. But, you know, m rather than the death penalty, maybe like, okay, well, you're in for life now. But the yeah. problem is the reason they let them go, by the way, Josh, let's, wh why do we think it is? What, Gary Glitter? Just people. Why do you think they let people out for good behavior? Because there's no money in the prison service, right? There's no money in the prison service. Well, that's changing slightly because a lot of it's becoming privatized. Well, okay. So, yeah, so th there's a whole thing around that where that might change. But... I don't know, man. It is one. Look, listen. It's one for another podcast. But when it comes to stuff like that, that's so. My answer is always actually. I I, I think humans are humans, and they're, they're in most cases they're like they are because of their life experiences. And so when you actually look at that, the systems to blame and the cultures that they grew up in and what they experienced and all that kind of stuff, right? So should they really deserve to lose their life? But then on the flip side of that, when you get someone like Gary Glitter. I find it very difficult to kick back. Like, if some if they said they were giving him the death penalty, I certain I don't think I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm against it's it. It's a very it's, it's you know it's subjective, isn't it? It's like it's, yeah. it's really how it impacts you. Do you know what my missus says? Do you know what Leah says? They they should be castrated. Wow. And again, with somebody like him, right? It's very it's like I know the social media, the kind of uh, the way that we should be should be like you know my answer should be that's ridiculous to ever suggest that perhaps. But when you're talking about these kind of people, repeat people like that doing that kind of thing, it's difficult to go argue against, isn't it? And look yourself in the eye and say, I'm being completely honest. I know we're sort of moving off the topic, but do you think that, does that stop the behavior or does it just drive it further underground? Um, could I don't think it could go further underground, innit? is it? Right, what right. Gary Glitter's doing is not. Yeah, like, he's, he's in the public eye, but he is very underground. Well, anyone, yeah. yeah. But any, if, if somebody's doing yeah. that stuff repeatedly, it's underground anyway, it's underground. isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Anyway, that was, you took my light-hearted <laughs> bit and you've made it. Well, get, buckle oh, up, Jesus. mate. Buckle Where's up, buckle up, because my ones are not very nice. Okay, Okay. here's my one, right? First, so Just explain, so it's an unpopular opinion that yeah. you disagree with or agree with. No, this is my own opinion that's probably unpopular okay. or uncomfortable. Okay. A lot of people don't want a proper conversation about COVID today because they don't want to fully reflect on how badly they were mugged off. Oh, Josh. Can we talk about Gary Glitter again? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, agreed. But you don't want to talk about it? <laughs> no, no. Look, I think we had some really uh, pointy discussions around this because... I sort of, uh, you know, on reflection, I know you're right. I also know I didn't have the courage to do anything different. I also knew, and this is like a sort of uh, a reflection on my own part. You went deep on stuff, like you really explored stuff. And I only like operated yeah. at the surface level, which I think a lot of people did. And then there's another thing, which we talk about wiring and structures and nurturing. I was always, always like reared and nurtured to respect those positions of authority. So you, yeah. you it's inherent built-in trust, which I imagine a lot of people, oh, they must have our best interests. It's only since it's all come out, actually just realize how, um, how ridiculous so much of it was. 
particularly because of, of who was making these decisions and how they were behaving in a, in a completely different way. But then the other thing is, I think there's, there's the fear of being like ousted as a, as a, like, you know, the madness of crowds, being the outlier and the danger that comes with that. Yeah. So I think that's why a lot of it is like, oh, I know, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be the one that rocks the boat. Yeah. So, and I think people aren't comfortable with that. I also think there's a lot of people, mate, who still think it was the right thing to do. Yeah, no, I do think there's, I do think there's a lot of people that still think that it was the right thing to do. And uh, look, I think it's more nuanced than a lot of people will make out online in that it was, I do think it was real. And I think that it was sad that a lot of people lost their lives. And I think that it's an absolute catastrophe that that loss of life was used to make the rich more rich. And there's a, have you ever seen the clip of Johnny Rotten? This is really obscure clip <laughs> of Johnny Rotten uh, when he was in the Sex Pistols and the management team had mugged them all off and halfway through a concert, he, he like leans forward on his mic and he says, ever feel like you've been robbed? I feel like they're fucking all laughing at us, going, look at what we did and we've got away with it. Because everyone's moved on. No one's talking about it. Uh, uh, Boris Johnson's just bought a fucking mansion with a moat around it. Have you yeah. seen that? No. Yeah, right. And the guy who probably did the worst throughout all of it yeah. and got himself rich is our prime minister. Was. Oh, oh Rishi. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know was, why? What? Why is he our prime minister? Um, no, do you know why he's done so well out of it? Because he used to be part of this hedge fund and uh, they were... Um, and so his shares have not been given back while he's been like, they've just been put into trust, which means he or his family still own a significant portion of that company. And they were one of the biggest investors in Moderna. Yeah. Like but that's- Billions, billions like of investors. Like we are, like it's yeah. mental. Yeah, that's our point. Yeah. I just think that's mental. And like, do you know what I think a lot well, of it? Okay, is, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. What, why do you think people don't want to talk about it? Because I don't think people like to admit how badly they were mugged off. And it's very, very uncomfortable for people. It's very, very difficult to admit how wrong you were. What do you think? Do you think people are sitting on mass thinking they were mugged off? Or do you think they've just got on with their lives and, and just don't think about it anymore? Because I don't really think about it anymore. I think that's highly dysfunctional. I think that's part of the dysfunctional yeah. society that we that's, live in. That's where the great. power, people yeah. in power are literally, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I use the, I'm choosing my language carefully here. People in power are literally abusing us and we're allowing them to abuse us yeah. and allowing them to get away with it. Even now, like, you know, they, they repeatedly abuse you until it feels normal. And that's what happens in a dysfunctional family environment, right? When you're abused by somebody, it happens repeatedly yeah. until it feels like it's normal. Yeah. And now, like all these, like, again, if you look at like all these energy companies that are coming out and saying, yeah, we've made billions. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, that's fucking mental. Yeah. Cost of living's crisis. Yeah. And like, but they also just you know, allowed to do it. It's made me think of this, uh, you know, um, the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Yeah. You obviously um, shared that with us on this podcast and with me. And there's, he's a, he's a doctor who talks all about trauma. And he talked yeah. about this experiment that he found abhorrent, but he was just interested. He was at a conference and they were talking about, it was like a, it was a, called a, uh, something around mistreating dogs and, and seeing the reaction. And there was a dog that was kept in a cage and they kept um, electric prodding it right yeah and and it had nowhere to go it had no escape right and it obviously it was it would defecate it would excrete it would you know but it, it knew there was no escape right 
And so they kept doing that. And it's horrific, you know, that they would do that. And this was in the 60s, not to justify, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. get away with that probably now. Um, well, they might do, but not in the out in the open. Um, and then what happened was they then did an experiment where they actually opened the uh, the cage door and they had some other dogs and they did uh, the kind of the electric shock and all the other dogs that hadn't been um, uh, abused had just scarpered. And the one that had been persistently abused, even though the cage door was open, um, it was electric shock and it just stayed there. It yeah, didn't move. yeah. And basically it was just resigned to its fate. And therefore, and that, and that's what happens, isn't it? That's what happens, and that, like, that's the abusers just think that there's. That's why you, people often go back to abusive and, partners. And, 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 and then when you look at a dysfunctional system where there's been abuse, right? You'll have the like golden child, which is the one who does everything right, does what the abuser says, gets treated well for doing it, right? Gets treated a little bit better and all that stuff. Then you get the black sheep of the family. They're the ones who call out the abuse, say this ain't fucking right. And what you've just said, you didn't say it in this way, by the way, let me be clear, but a lot of people do. Um, that's in the past now. It's time you moved on with your life. And that is literally, in the context that we're talking about, is somebody saying, you were abused, get over it. Mm. Stop talking about it. Mm. Stop reacting to the abuse and accept the abuse. Right? And I, and I think, culturally, that's what's happening on a big scale. And as somebody who has been the black sheep for calling abuse out throughout a lot period of my life now, yeah, I feel quite comfortable and it makes me feel quite alive when I go, I am, it's not, I'm not having it. Because at the moment, abuse is allowing to be perpetuated and continue to happen, yeah, because we've got a lot of golden children who are keeping the black sheep quiet and ostracizing the black sheep, yeah, by going, it's in the past now, move on, it happened sweep it back under the carpet and let's all get on with our lives. Mm. And, 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 and I do think it's a problem. And that's why, you know, you see people, people get massively uncomfortable whenever you bring it. And there'll be people listening to this going, I can't believe he's talking about it again. Because they'd rather go back to feeling comfortable and allowing the abuse to continue and perpetuate and, um, and not face it. So that's, that's my number one. Wow, okay. <laughs> well, do you want to hear my next This is going to be the whole podcast, this bit. Go on, this go is, next one. This is, this is a serious one. Good. This is going to be really unpopular. I think this is going to be a joke. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> I have to after that, man. <laughs> Go on, lighten um, us up. I'll bring it back down. Into yeah, yeah. You'll find a way. Uh, on my toast, where I have jam. Yeah. Yeah. I like to put cheese on it. Oh, mate. What do you reckon? Uh, so do I. Oh, no, <laughs> do you? Like, so do I, mate, yeah. Nudge me. Oh, okay. I've thought about disagreeing with you for the sake of the podcast, but I like cheese and jam, What mate. about you, man? No, okay, we have it. one dissenter in the room. <laughs> I reckon a lot of people will go, oh, no, but listen, sweet jam, tangy cheese. Well, it's a little bit like brie and cranberry, isn't it? It is. It's the it's the it's the sweet, the sour, the sweet, the tangy. Yeah. And listen, if you haven't tried it, I think you should try it. I think yeah, the listeners should go and try it. Oh yeah, you already said you have. I've meant you, <laughs> you the listeners, <laughs> all the listeners. Yeah, come and join us so, in middle classhood. It's nothing middle class about that, mate. I started that. In, it's more in middle class than your fish finger sandwiches, by the way. Everybody backs you on Instagram. What do you mean? Fucking every time. No, everyone, everyone wanted to no, go to your don't. party. They no, they didn't. Everyone messages me saying, oh, it's too violent. It's too, the I go to Hazards and have yeah. fish finger sandwiches. Oh, look at that. You always and get backed. Why? I'm the black sheep you know of the family because <laughs> you perpetuate abuse. 
You're calling yourself black, are you? <laughs> Brilliant. You appropriate us. <laughs> All right, so. Okay, mate, this is, uh, I'm Come sorry. On, give I'm going, us lighthearted? No, it's not. Right. It's not. Uh, but we don't have to spend much time on it because okay. I, I think, no, I'm going to say it. As a nation, we aren't really in a position to look down on Russia's invasion of Ukraine uh, when you look at our own invasion of Iraq. You're looking at me like, mic drop. It's <laughs> fucking true though, isn't it? Yeah, I already said this though. I said this about... What, on podcast? Ten, ten, on ten, yeah, like I 10 episodes ago. I don't fucking listen to you. After yeah. <laughs> well, there's a bit of content on our uh, on our Instagram. I can dig it out for you. Oh, yeah, because yeah. we've got trolled like yeah. hell on it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. Good. I think a lot of people would. Yeah, which actually leads into my next one, which I'll talk about. I have got a couple of funny ones as well, but I will read them out. Go on, what's your third one? Uh, okay, this is a bit of a serious one. Sometimes stress and pressure is perfectly normal. Sometimes you have to work beyond boundaries and that's okay. Like we don't have to pathologize hard work. And I think we do. And yeah. so particularly in sort of, and I know this can be unpopular because I think um, we're sort of, we are potentially creating legions of people that think anytime there's a bit of rub against uh, uh, like uh, boundaries that actually there's sort of it's triggering and it's kind of affecting but you know I, it may this may sort of go on to the bigger topic later on but I just think that you know it's okay sometimes to know that there's going to be peaks and troughs you're going to have to put some work in and they're going to be fallow periods when actually you can take it off the gas but I think we've started to become a little bit less tolerant of of needing to hard, work hard yeah, yeah. Have you listened to, I think I actually sent it to you, which means you didn't listen. Yeah, probably didn't. <laughs> Jimmy Carr on Stephen Butler. Uh, no, I did not. There's a line on there where he says something, uh, uh, something along the lines of hard work is stigmatized in society today. And he said, and if you don't want to work hard, then that's up to you. But good luck with that, dummy. That's what he says, right? And he says it as clearly as that. And I think it's true, man. And it actually leads in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Well, actually, can I read my third one? Because it, yeah. it relates to this, right? I'm going to say it and then I'll explain. 90% of people are leading a double life and don't believe most of what they put on social media. So 90% mm. of people are leaving a double... So what, and, and to just expand on it, how it relates to what you've just said, I think there's a generation of people from our era, I'm going to say... And when I say our era, I'm going to clarify that as like age 30 to 45 ish glad you right <laughs> 47 no just, no just shut so up, you man. creep in <laughs> no, I'm joking. but okay let's go even to, to, to 50 right mm. where social media was like a new thing for us when we were it got into our mid we didn't grow up with it yeah. we didn't grow up with it right and then so we post like not we but people post all of that kind of shit that you're talking about now where they posture and they virtue signal based on what's going on in popular kind of narratives at the moment and then they post them and then but they know they know and will openly discuss away from social media that what they're saying isn't true but the problem is is that the up-and-coming generation so people who are going into work now at like 18 19 20 right they've got a completely false idea of what working life is like yeah and they think that there should be no stress and they pathologize anytime that they feel any kind of difficulty if they're outside of their comfort zone, which is where you fucking need to go. They look at a post from one of these popular people 
yeah, who have said if it costs you your mental health, then it's too expensive. Yeah. Right. And they don't. They they are completely. Who do you, uh, who do you mean when you say that? Well, I don't want to particularly because I've called Stephen Bartlett out in the past. Yeah, I know. I but I I, I quite like. I think he's on a journey, and I think there's this already. I see a turning on LinkedIn of people that just want to batter him. And I think... Oh, really? Yeah, and I don't... Is that since he's become a BBC star? Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. Which, so I don't want to get involved too much in yeah. that. But but that I but, but people do it, not just in the mental health space, because that's the space I operate in, but I think in general. And I think, by the way, it's important for me to say this, I think we're all a little bit guilty of it. Yeah. To a degree. Do you know what I mean? What, the, the posturing and the yeah. projecting? Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. Like, you... Why are you doing it? Why are you posting otherwise? Yeah. Because you want to be liked, you want to be respected, you want it to create followership, you think that that might lead to something. Otherwise, why are we doing it? Yeah, but you know, it's really, it becomes really problematic. When I, like, and I find this when I go and work with organisations. Some of them are starting to not want to talk about the realities and the truth of what they're experiencing because they, like, you know, everybody says now, if you're fucking working somebody to the bone, then you're automatically a toxic culture. When actually I work with some organizations and they're like, look, we're, we're up against it a bit. Yeah. yeah. Right. And we're trying to save people's jobs. So yeah. we're asking a lot of people. Yeah. Right. And that's not toxic. Yeah. That's like, yeah. Fucking good off there. Yeah. Do you understand? Also working to the bone is like, well, that needs to be explored, right? Because like what one person's work is to the bone is definitely not another person's. And yeah, I think man. having a consistent understanding of what normal is, or what a bit of acceleration is, what a bit of deceleration is, right? Is really, really important. Yeah. Because I do think that, um, I, I, I agree. I think um, there are, uh, you know, there are, de gener there are, we're in the, uh, in the, age of work where there are several generations in the workplace at once, right? Yeah. X, Y, Z, yeah. Alpha gonna be coming through not too distant future and there's still some boomers kicking about, right? Yeah. Not too many. So everyone has their own perspective on that. So um, who's to say that, uh, you know, some of what we believe is just hard work was actually us looking at it wrong, right? Yeah. And actually, maybe this is the generation that's saying, oh, actually, maybe there, there's more to give. But I just think it's gone, it's the pendulum swung too far. And so um, when it's all nice in the good times, right? Yeah. But it's when there's challenge, as a lot of businesses are finding now, and as they found through COVID, when actually say, actually, I need a bit more from you. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's almost like you don't understand the impact of saying no. Yeah. It's potentially, you or your colleagues or your friends around you or your circle, there's going to be a knock-on effect of, of, of stepping back. So I think there's, a, a, there's more understanding to be had around this. Yeah, and it's good. I think the conversation is starting to go into that nuance, right? Yeah. I think people are starting to realise that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's move on because uh, we've, we've that was gone on a lot longer. But very good conversation. I do want to quickly check in. I feel like I've. Uh, I, I mean, where where's your head at at the moment? If I if I ask you in terms of checking. I mean, in? you asked about half term. I think um, I, I I got some rest, you know, and uh, mental rest, you know. And I think um, don't get me wrong, I miss them. I always do when they when when they're not around. But I think I just really needed it with all the other things I talked about on all of our episodes this year so far. So I feel um, really rested, but um, again, I'm I'm really um, trying to uh, explore every avenue of life where I am not performing in the way I want to be, whether that's at work or whether that's at home um, or personally. I think I've probably prioritised 
myself uh, first and then work and then sort of home. Uh, maybe I need to reshift that at some point soon. But right now I feel I feel pretty good. How about you? You know what, right? Today, so today, what day is it today? Tuesday. So from about Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I've progressively got better. I had the probably the worst two days of overwhelm and anxiety last week that I've had in a fucking very long time. Really? Mate, there was, there was literally, uh, there was one point where I was in the utility room in my house. My, Leah was at work. I was in the utility room in the house. The kids were in the living room and I had my head up against the wall and was like thinking, I can't do this, man. I cannot what, stay. When what you, was driving that, do you think? So people talk about anxiety, right? And I, like, I'm talking about a very physical feeling in my body, like an itch that's in the center of my body that I cannot scratch, right? Now, there'll be some people that listen to this and go, if you do X, Y, and Z and all that kind of stuff, it works. I don't care what people say. When you get to that stage that I was in, it is horrendous. It is horrendous. There's nothing going on in my mind. There's no way that I can fathom. I put things to it, like I put rationale to it, but there's no rationale. My body is, my, my nervous system is out of control and I could not shake it for about three days. I was having cold showers. Wow. And when it's on you like that, man, no, it I, is- But like, I also had no idea of it. What well, is it to think that, so like, and in that space, people say, reach out, talk, like there's, I didn't want to talk to anybody. Mm. I didn't want to talk to anybody. The last thing I wanted to do is like WhatsApp you. I didn't want to do it in that moment. Yeah, and that's yeah. the horrendous thing about it. Yeah. What might you have done if I'd have, if I'd have gotten intuition and- Been short and give you one word answers because I wouldn't have wanted to interact with you. Yeah, really. Because it was too much. Like I was just about managing to say to Leah, this is horrendous. And she was like, you know, saying, what can we do? And there's like nothing. I'm like, I want you to be around me and I want you to show me that you're caring, but fucking also don't be around me and don't overly keep asking if I'm all right. Cause that, you see, and I know those two things contradict because mm. that's how bad it was. Then I did, I did a massive breast breath work eventually on a Friday and then things progressively got better Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Can you like, are you able to reflect now on what do you think led to that? No. Don't know. Like, I mean, it was COA week, so we did a lot of the, like, there was a lot of the children of alcoholic stuff going on. So, I mean, did it, it didn't- it Did didn't... it happen after you were in- uh, yeah, uh, parliament, parliament for the COA thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it probably was related to that, um, but I felt like it was coming on a bit anyway. I think you've been running hard. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot that you've been doing. Your brain has been hyperactive. Even today, if I'm just gonna be really open and honest and vulnerable, your energy is like quite fast, right? Yeah, but so this is what happens to me. I go through those patches that I go through. Yeah. And then when I come out of them, yeah. I am in that clear. fast, yeah. I'm clear. Yeah. Like today I feel like I could eat the world alive. Do you know what I mean? Like I could do, and these are, you know, I built you could, in. You, I could, built... you could castrate Gary Glitter. <laughs> yeah, it's true, right? But it's true, yeah. I built in a you in yeah. this phase. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I build the best things when I'm yeah. in this phase because I'm sprinting. So now, maybe, right? maybe this is just a cycle that you have to go through. Maybe you got to go through that bit to get to this bit. This it, is just your cycling process. Yeah, and in some ways Recycling. that is it, you know, and people yeah. would put, the, there'd be some that would pathologize that yeah. and give it a name, yeah. right? And I sort of don't, I just sort of look at it as my life. Um, I definitely have, uh, not that, I don't, cause I don't think I ever get the physical embodiment of what you yeah. discussed, but I definitely 
feel like I have moments of like, oh my God, I have no idea what to do. And I, and I feel like really panicked about it. And then suddenly the mental clarity just starts, starts to come. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's really... I think it's worth to, like just be... I try and be open about that stuff as well, you know, because I, I, like there's a lot of things online that will teach you that, you know, you can end all of that. And I don't think it's true, man. I think it's about like just getting through it being aware of it and then I love this uh quote actually it's you can't stop the waves but you can learn how to surf yeah I love that I love that man I love and it's it's just mental because that last week it's like uh, like uh, honestly you feel like you're not going to be able to get through it like that's what it feels like I mean that is that is that extreme and then like today I'm so far removed from that where I feel like like a Mm. castrate Gary Glitter and take on the world I, I do like and it's it's crazy that that was four days ago yeah but this is my life man this is my life um, okay we got some time actually and I'm glad we have so I want to bring today's topic which is going to be probably make up the smallest part of, of the podcast yeah I'm going to talk today about the rolled doll rewrites their edited language in books criticised by some as absurd censorship shall i just quickly read um what's what's happened yeah, here yeah. yeah so um i i did highlight but my highlights have gone um so a review of the new editions of uh, Roald Dahl's books is now available in bookstores shows that some uh passages relating to weight mental health gender and race were altered the changes made by Puffin's Books, a division of Penguin Random House, first were reported by Britain's Daily Telegraph newspaper. So Augustus Gloop, Charlie's gluttonous antagonist in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which originally published in 1964, is no longer enormously, enormously fat, just enormous. In the new edition of Witches, a supernatural female posing as an ordinary woman, um maybe working as a top scientist or running a business instead of being a cashier in a supermarket or typing letters for a businessman. The word black was removed from the description of the terrible tractors in 1970s, The Fabulous Mr. Fox, um, and the machines are now simply murderous, brutal-looking monsters. How, how do you feel about this, Hass? Uh, um, I think it's ridiculous. Right. I really think it's ridiculous. Um, I, look, I can understand uh, the society we live in and, and what's maybe driven driven people to think that that's a good idea. And there may be a lot of people that listen to us and there may be a lot of people that don't listen to us that think it's a great idea. But I think uh, we are creating a false narrative for children if we just erase words out and we rewrite history. Like... You know, are some of those words uh, appropriate today? Maybe not. Probably not, right? Which ones? I don't know. F calling someone fat, right? Yeah. But just to just to pretend it doesn't exist, the word is used in that descriptive manner in the world outside of these books. So just to rub it out of the book, right, means that the kid won't even know that it existed. So can't even have curiosity about, oh, what's that word? We never use that word. And then a parent or a carer or you know, somebody uh, like a, you know, a responsible adult can say, well, this is the word. It was written a long time ago. This is what it meant. We don't say that now. So that 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 could be a way to educate. Whereas if it's just disappeared, then you just don't know, right? Also, I think, where do you draw the line? 
Like mm. if you start this now, then you kind of surely have like surely random uh, penguin have to, like they have can't have double standards, right? So then they have to go go back through their whole library of works and erase it, you know. And do, do they do that? No, I don't think so. This is the first time I've I've heard about it. Yeah, because I, I did read somewhere that like um, when publishing it says here when publishing new print runs of books written years ago, it's not unusual to review the language used alongside updating other details, including a book's cover and page layout. That may be the case. And I'm not in I'm not in the publishing industry, so I don't know. But it feels to me that that is a an answer that's be, either been prepared to deal with this backlash. I do think there's a, something else that's going on here, which is. I heard that um, the office was removed from Netflix, right? The BBC version of office, right? Was it? That's what I've heard. And funnily enough, I got this from my daughter. It's because it's, it's, there's a lot of inappropriate language and stuff in there, right? And uh, there is a rumor that Netflix want to produce versions of Roald Dahl's stories. So I wonder... No, that, it says that here. Oh, right, okay. So that, that's oh, right. what's happened. Right. That is to do with Netflix. Right, well then, I, I don't think... <laughs> I, I suspect that it's not completely virtuous, the reasons for doing this. It's for money. What, what, how would it make them more money? So that they could, oh, okay. So maybe Netflix, the book so maybe Netflix has influenced, uh, you know, if it, in order for us to produce this, we cannot have this non-inclusive language, particularly as it hits, you know, different parts of the world where this is, you know, significant, right? So if they want to try and hit, you know, the US and maybe certain languages, you know, deemed non-inclusive or over here. So that's quite conspiracy theorist, but I, I w it wouldn't surprise me if there's some, some of that behind it. Yeah. But, but, but I think the thing I really want to say is like, it's, it's a dangerous precedent to set to, we've talked about censorship. It's a dangerous precedent to set to pretend that the world is a lovely, soft, squelchy place and it's not. And I'd rather as a parent of three, so my lived experience is I'd rather them be curious about it and say, oh, what's that? What is that word? I'd rather, you know, like not airbrush history because then you then you start airbrushing events and then you start airbrushing um, other people that, you know, don't fit. It, you know, it was written then, it was popularized for a reason. I think we have to be okay with the fact that things have moved on. It, it, may, it may, I often think about sort of, um, you, you know, do, is it appropriate to, to change sort of past commentary, past quotes that might have an overly male um, uh, or uh, gender kind of specific quote, but you want to make the point. So I think there's a quote that says, uh, um, uh, a man moves a mountain by carrying a pebble. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, I don't care about the man, I care about the fact that you, take, you start small and then you can move a mountain. So, but I've thought, oh, do I, do I change that? Do I, a do person? You, do you change it? When I, you say it in corporate spaces, do you I haven't it? used it for a while and I changed it once and I wouldn't change it again. Okay. So, so my refl I, I, I wasn't sure. So that was in that period where I'm not sure. But right now I would say this is what it was. But I'd also say, but of course, the man isn't the important thing here. It's the, it's the metaphor that I'm pointing to. But I don't think it's my job to just change that because that isn't for me. And I just feel like if anybody's got enough about them, they, they know you're just using an old quote. And they know that because we keep old quotes and we see them for what they are, yeah. right? Yeah. Now to play devil's advocate, I want to, and I want to play devil's advocate a little bit with yeah. a few of this, okay. right? So this, it, any questions that I ask are not necessarily reflective of my opinion. Would it ever be okay 
Like, there must be a line somewhere. If there were old school books that were talking about... Now, race is the obvious one where we go to, right? If there are old school books that talked in derogatory terms about race... Well, apparently Roald Dahl has, you know... Well, he apparently was quite anti-Semitic. Anti Semitic, yeah. 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 Um, so, was, as Salman Rushdie said, who who came in and sort of said it's preposterous, he was, he was no saint. Um, yeah, I, I I find it difficult to answer that because my my I have a I have a different point of view on the word fat versus a racial slur. So I probably what's to come? What is that different point of view? I I would find it difficult to see the N word in literature given to my children mm. as though it was okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I know there's double standards going on here, but... No, but I don't think it is double one. standards, but yeah. I want to try, if I can, to push you to explain why it's not double standards. Because I, I think it's relatively... I mean, I, I think I think there are different connotations with the words, right? Yeah. So um, I think the history of the N-word, we don't need to go into here. We know why yeah, that's yeah, yeah. not appropriate in, yeah. in in society ever, but you know, certainly not in society today in terms of using it as a racial yeah, yeah. slur. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about it written written because obviously in popular culture, in music and stuff. Can like I just that. I want to interject quickly, but because because and again, listen, whenever I play devil's advocate here, I'm doing it on purpose because that's what we do, right? Um Your initial argument is that you could create conversations with your children and you'd rather discuss so yeah. the N-word is extreme, right? I think yeah. everybody uh, yeah. who's got a, a half a brain cell knows if that was in a book, we would filter it out for kids. It should never be in a kid's book, right? Yeah. But if if there was like uh, uh, more of a reference to, I don't know, looking down on a person of color referenced in an old school book, how would you feel about that? Do you understand what I'm saying? I yeah, I think like stereotypes around certain yeah. Yeah, caricatures. Yeah. yeah, no, I think I would probably be a little bit more comfortable with that. I would actually, like as in- Well, you'd be okay ability. with it in a book. Would you be pissed off if the article was just removing that? If there was an article in The Guardian, same as this one, that said, actually, let's say it mixed them all up. They've removed uh, saying the word fat. They've removed the stereotypes about women. Um, and they've also removed a couple of stereotypes about race. Oh, mate, I think it's a Fuck, tricky you one. Surely yeah. you must have known I was going to go here. Yeah, did no, you? I didn't. Uh, look, I have a different point of view on race. I just, I, ju I just do. Is that because of your personal experience? Yeah, probably. So, uh, uh, so is is that then? Me, are you being selfish? <laughs> huh? Do you know what I'm saying? Are you being? Is your opinion? Subjective, and subjective based on your own experience. Yeah, like, are, are, are we saying basically, if I was a, uh, if I was an obese person, references to to, yeah. to fat? Would, would it have been different if we had this conversation a year and a half ago? <laughs> or in January after your Christmas? In January, speech. I think it's good they've taken away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, do you know? I think. Uh, I think, so we asked two different things. For me, I have a really, I have a strong um, uh, sort of reaction to certain words that are used in a really, um, in a really pejorative uh, kind of abusive manner, right? With the N word, the P word, yeah, to yeah, yeah. describe brown people in yeah, the yeah. UK. I grew up with that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they were being 
kind of removed, I probably would feel differently. If we were talking about a book that was written in the 60s or 70s and, and, and it re referred to a stereotype around um, brown people, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be less bothered about that, but I'd like, like, I would definitely go look at how, you know, look at what life used to be like yeah, for yeah, us. Yeah. And this is different now, but I would be, I would be okay to have that. I would be okay for my kids to be curious about that as uh, uh, having the same Because you could show the change, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, let me just, I, I, I want to go somewhere else very, very quickly. Uh, and we'll push for time a little bit, but I, I want to go there. I wonder how much of it is actually to do with the fact that you're brown, right? Yeah. Um, because... Am I brown? <laughs> because, no, yeah. but, but seriously, because I think you'd probably have similar things to what you just said about race if we talked about homosexuality. Yeah. Go on, save some more. So if there was like clear stereotypes about homosexuality in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then then I think you'd have similar thoughts of you that you've just had around race. Yeah. When it's homosexuality. Yeah. Right. So I don't yeah. think. Yeah. I, 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 maybe I should have bought if I had thought about it. Yeah. The homosexuality one first to you yeah. rather than the race one. Because yeah. the race one was perhaps a little bit yeah. unfair because, yeah. because, because of your own personal experience. Because I guess what I'm kind of pointing to and I've and I'm pointing there because we've had this conversation, is I wonder how much it's to do with, you know, like back in the day when they started, if you take homosexuality for one, like our parents potentially, or people of our parents' age, when they started being very inclusive about like gay and all that kind of stuff in literature and more inclusive of even the gender stuff, more women and making sure that, I don't know, there's women footballers in books and all stuff. Like our parents' generation would likely have been like, this is ridiculous, it's stupid. You know, they would have. They would have been like, why, you don't need to do this. So they did, they were uncomfortable to the change. So is it the fact that the world's always changing and now we are, me and you, other like, people our kids will talk about, they'll, where they'll go, our kids will say, our generation yeah. still wanted the word, they couldn't, they yeah. pissed off that the word fat weren't in a book. Yeah. Like how, I think how ancient are they and how up, not up with the times are they? Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, there's, 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 it is quite possible that people look at it from a younger generation and go, yeah, this just doesn't need to be there. I'm, I'm fine with it. I remember years ago, uh, there used to be this show called Brookside. Do you remember Brookside? Yeah. And the like, this was like mid-90s, I would say, and it was like the first on-screen lesbian kiss uh Anna Friel and someone else and it was like everywhere it was like there yeah, was no yeah. real social media back then it was just kind of everywhere I just think how crazy it was if you think about it that that was it's, you know so that was the kind of uproar that happened and that wasn't that really that long ago yeah exactly so the, and, and by the way I'm just thinking as we talk the flip side of that coin right is that back when it was race and when then they were talking about gender stuff and when it right back when that conversation those people back then would have been a lot of their arguments would have been okay well this is fine we'll stop this but where, where where's it going to stop yeah. now they might be able to look down at this now and go we told you the reason we didn't want it to stop here is because we knew the line would never stop yeah and we're both now saying exactly the same thing which oh, is where yeah. do you where do you draw the line yeah yeah because now how much of it is because we're we're terrified of change Right. When actually, if you look back throughout the history of societies, every generation, there's radical change that the generation previously hated, but the next generation accepted. And that became I, what life we, was. I, we haven't got time to go into this, but a question for us to explore in future is, do you think there are different categories of hurt? 
What, in terms of... Like, so what we're saying is, right, you know, I came out, I think it's ridiculous, right? It's probably because I don't feel some of those words are in the same category of hurt as some of the other ones we've talked about today. Yeah. That's a personal point of view. And I think maybe some others might share that. Others may not. Yeah. I wonder if, if there are different categories. Therefore, we sort of, if you ask me, how would I feel about this? I have a, I, that's in a different category to how I feel about some of these other words. I think on principle, I am fundamentally, we've talked about this quite a lot. And I've, I've learned to have a different, uh, hold a different opinion through these conversations. If yeah, I'm really same. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, I feel strongly about censorship being a bad thing. Same, same, right? And I know we're caught for time because I just want to quickly say when I read it, I looked at the fat comment, thought that's ridiculous, taking fat out. But then the one about the women changing it to a top scientist or running a business, I sort of thought, well, that one's all right, mm. right? Because to change it. So, so you see, there was, I looked at two of them differently. Mm. So I actually think that we need to get to a place. And it's interesting that you brought the office up because Ricky Gervais, I think, talks really good about it. He says, everybody, you have the right to be offended by anything that I say. You have absolutely have the right to be offended, right? But you don't have the right to stop me saying the things that offend you. And it, we've talked extensively at different times about this conversation, right? And where the line gets drawn and stuff like that. And I'm like you, I don't want censorship. I don't want censorship. Actually, I think what we need to be much better at doing is supporting and learning, supporting one another to learn what happens when we're triggered by stuff. Yeah. And how much responsibility I need to take. If I don't like Roald Dahl saying fat, my opinion probably is don't read, read Roald book, Dahl. Because it's likely to be. Because it's it. likely going to be. Don't read a book from the 60s if you're not going to like the language they were using in the 60s. Right? Like, don't read it or read it, understand why it makes you upset. If it triggers you that it says fat, look at why that is. You can learn a hell of a lot of yourself about yourself if you do that. Also, one last thing, right, is why are we playing God with people's children, right? As in, yeah. like, who are, like, like, surely it's for the responsible adults, the carers, the parents, whoever, like, looks after or is in, you know, is, is caring for kids. It's, it's their role, you know, it's, yeah. their, it's their place to nurture and say, look, this is the book, like, you know, like, this is almost like saying, hey, we're going to take the choice out of your hands on how you parent. And that's what's horrible, right? When you remove the choice. And to finish on this, and I, we, will, we will finish. Um, somebody told me an analogy about scaffolding. Okay. So you put scaffolding up around something when you're building it. Mm. That's to support it while you build it. But you have to build it. You have to build it and find ways to make it secure so that it can weather what it does. Otherwise, when you take the scaffolding down, it'll all fall down. And I worry sometimes that we build scaffolding around our kids nowadays and we don't do the work internally so that when we take the scaffolding down, they're going out into the big bad world out there with a completely distorted view of what... Because the word fat, yeah, is coming. Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. Like, that kind of, like, stuff is coming. Yeah. People were going to say things to you that make you upset. Yeah. And you need to find ways to navigate that because life ain't a rosy picture that every man and his dog seems to be painting on LinkedIn nowadays or any other place. Yeah, it ain't like that. And you need to understand the realities of life. And I think when we do stuff like this, my biggest worry is that you're taking more and more of the realities of the world away from yeah, our children. Yeah, that was my point. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I know it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mate, great conversation. Yeah. Uh, very good chat. I've enjoyed this a lot. People should come and follow us on Instagram and that's where they get to have their opinion and we and, and, and we like to hear from them. Uh, and we'll see everybody in two weeks. See you later. 
Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Khan. Oh.